in these last uh, few sermons of this series, you will find that most of them are going to be coming from the Gospel of John. It is my favorite gospel. It is the gospel that truly inspires me and lifts me up. Not to say that the other books of the Bible are not equally important. They are. There is just something about the gospel of John that stirs my heart. And Patty has already referred to this in her children's message, but I'd like for you to read this passage with me in John 10, starting with the very first verse. And we'll read this uh, together. You may look it on the screen or in your Bibles. And this is what the gospel says. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches from them and scatters them. He flees because he is, hired, he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I remember that June day almost 50 years ago. When I walked through the door of the United States Naval Academy at Bancroft Hall and took the oath of office as a new midshipman, a plebe, class of 1974. There's some of you that weren't even born in 1974. But that's a door that I went through that would change my life forever. I remember walking through another door almost 45 years ago as I entered the sanctuary door of Riverdale Presbyterian Church and married a young lady that I had gone to high school with. Lifelong commitment, for better or for worse, sickness and health, for richer, for poor. I remember walking through the door of Estes Chapel almost 20 years ago as I entered seminary. 
It was a door that was a door of transformation for me. It represented a surrender of my life to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ and all that that entails. And I remember walking through those doors only two years ago, certainly with a degree of excitement, but also a degree of apprehension to come and to be your senior pastor. I remember distinctly coming in and admiring the beauty of this sanctuary and thinking, aha, this is it. This is the end. This is where I can hang it up. Sometimes you walk through a door not knowing exactly what's on the other side because I will not have that opportunity. But I want to tell you today the doors are extremely important Doors don't just determine destination, they determine destiny. Matter of fact, one of the very first sermon series I ever preached to you all was the doors, the, the doors that we have in this church, the doors of hospitality, the doors of forgiveness, the door of prayer, and what it means to us as a congregation. But I want to tell you today about the single most important door that I have ever walked through, and I think it's the single most important door that any of us ever walked through. It's a door that has no hinges, it has no knobs, it has no locks, it doesn't really swing out or in. It is the door of Jesus Christ. I have been told that as people, we are constantly trying to find three things in our lives. You might even call them doors if you want to. The door of security, that is a physical security or an emotional security or even a financial security. The door of significance, because all of us want to know that our lives count, that our lives matter, that they do indeed have purpose. And then there's the door of satisfaction, because all of us want to be happy, and we want to be peaceful, and we want to be content. So those are three doors that we all search for, that we desperately want to walk through. Security, significance, and satisfaction. And I'm convinced many people go through life and never find one of these doors, much less three of them. Despite all of our beautiful automobiles and our well-built houses and our well-stocked refrigerator and our 72-inch flat-screen TVs, we don't find those three very important elements in our lives because for some reason we never walk through that door or we walk through and come right back out again. The meaning of life somehow evades us. The purpose of life evades us. Be honest with yourself today. Are you secure? Are you truly and honestly secure in who you are? Secure in what you have? Secure in the direction in which you are headed? Do you feel significant? Does your life really have purpose? Does it have a meaning? Is it something you can say, wow, I get up every morning and go, I can't wait. I can't wait. Are you satisfied? Are you at peace with yourself? When you go to bed at night, when you get up in the morning? Are you where you need to be, and are you going in the direction that you truly need to go? And I think if all of us were really honest, somewhere along the line, some of us, if not all of us, are going to say no. If we were transparent enough, something escapes us. One of those doors we failed to go through, no. 
And that's where the four words here out of the Gospel of John really strike home when Jesus says, I am the door. I am the door. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by name, he will be saved and will go in and out to find pasture. You know, in Israel, there were really two types of sheepfolds. There's a kind of a corporate sheepfold where people who own sheep put them all together and then hired a bunch of shepherds and kept them all together, either in a large field or large pens. But it was kind of the, the corporate side of sheep herding. But then there's always an entrepreneur among us, is there not? The one guy who decides, I want some sheep, and he goes out into the wilderness And there he has a little walled enclosure. He finds stones because Palestine is a very barren land. But he finds stones and stacks them about three feet high all the way around, making at least three walls, if not like three and a half. And there in the center, he leaves an entryway, a path, a doorway, if you will. And the shepherd would lie down in front of that doorway. He literally became a door for the sheep because the sheep would not jump over the stone walls. They wouldn't jump over the shepherd. He would lie down, and the sheep inside would be safe and secure within that little pen. And as such, the shepherd gave the sheep what? Three things. He gave them security, a place to stay. He certainly gave them significance because they loved him. They knew his voice. He loved them. And he gave them satisfaction because he would provide exactly what they needed. The first thing that Jesus says, I am the door, is the thing that you really need to take with you. And you know, there are two things that happen when you have a door. You can open it from the outside and walk in, or you can open it from the inside and walk out. That's the only thing you can do. Now, I know there's somebody out there going, yeah, well, I can stand right in the middle of the door. Won't go out, won't go in. Work with me here, work with me. You can go out, you can come in. That's what a door is for. A door is basically an exit or an entrance. And anytime you walk through a door, you're automatically in a new and different place. You can't walk through a door without going someplace else, even within the confines of the church. When you leave today and you go out those doors, you'll go into the narthex. Some of you turn left, some of you turn right, some of you go straight out, you'll be in the parking lot. You'll be exiting and you'll be entering all at the same time. You know, on any given day, six billion people on this planet choose to walk through doors. Doors of marriage, doors of schools, doors of jobs, doors of spending money, doors of having children, doors of getting a divorce. I know, I agree with you. And all those doors carry risk. The risk of marrying the wrong person the risk of going to the wrong school, the risk of taking the wrong job, the risk of not making the right investment. Every door has a risk. It was the job of that shepherd to make sure that the sheep felt secure, that at night when the wolves and the robbers came, he stood between them and the wolves and the robbers. He protected the sheep. The sheep could rest knowing that everything was all right. Why, you might be a timid sheep, like Shirley, who just wants to lay there in the sheep pen and relax. Don't go to sleep on me, Shirley. Or you might be a courageous sheep 
who just wants to break out like Mort, break out of the sheep pen, wander all over creation. I don't care about wolves and robbers. And the shepherd was there to secure both of them and give them a true sense of security because he loved them and they loved him. Sheep and the shepherd. But you know the door that Jesus talks about? He is the one and only door where we can truly feel safe going in and coming out. How many people do we know that are in abusive relationships walking through the wrong door? Maybe they didn't ask God. Maybe they didn't consult God. Maybe they just decided they'd do their own thing and they find themselves in the wrong place. They walk through the wrong door. Maybe you're sitting there saying, well, that's me today. I walked through the wrong door somewhere along the line. Maybe I've walked through a lot of wrong doors in my life. But the good news is that the door of Jesus Christ is always open. It is always open. You can always turn around and walk through it. You can always go back to make the difference in your life. The door is open and it stays open. Isn't that marvelous? You can walk through that door and find that security that you so desperately seek anytime you want to. You can exit the one room, and you can enter the next. Secondly, I want you to remember that there are only two things that happen when you go through a door. You exit a room or you enter a room. And Jesus is telling us in this story that when you come to him, whether you are a first-time believer or whether you have believed all of your life, you exit a life of frustration and you enter a life of fulfillment. You exit chaos and depression and distress, and you enter a fulfillment that only Jesus Christ can give you. You exit a life of meaninglessness, and you enter a life of, what did Patty say? Abundance. Abundance. Jesus meant that when he said the thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. The thief is all the wrong doors that we walk through, all the wrong things that we end up doing. If you walk through the wrong door, if you walk through the door of greed or lust or jealousy or selfishness, it sucks the very life out of you. Everything that you seek, you may think you have, but you don't. It will rob you of the significance of your life, even though you may think you have it. That's been proven time and time again. But when you walk through the door named Jesus Christ, Everything changes. Everything changes. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He's not just talking eternal life. He's talking about life here and now, abundant, enriching life in Jesus Christ. You don't have to wait till you die. He's ready for you to live now. Live in Him and through Him and have abundant, fulfilling life. You know, there's a difference between ordinary life and abundant life. I hope you know that. A lot of us can just go through the motions. But the abundant life in Jesus Christ is something totally different. One of my favorite films is Mel Gibson's Braveheart. How many of you have seen that? Braveheart. Braveheart. Good film. Yeah, I know. I saw it. Bloody, but good. In it, he is playing William Wallace. And there's a line in that movie that is extremely appropriate for this sermon. William Wallace says, every man dies, 
but not every man lives. I'll change that for you slightly. Every man and woman dies, but not every man and woman lives. Lives. Jesus didn't put you on this earth just to take up space and suck down oxygen. That's not what he did. He doesn't want you to die without having an impact for his kingdom. He wants every one of us to live a life of significance, a life of importance, a life of abundance. I want to tell you something. You haven't haven't lived until you have entered into that abundant life of Jesus Christ. You may think you have what you have. You may think you're living abundantly, but until that abundant life means Jesus Christ, you haven't even scratched the surface. Until you go through that door, you haven't even scratched the surface. Until you've surrendered to Jesus, until you have trusted Jesus, until you have loved Jesus like no one else, you have not even scratched the surface. God gives you a life so that you will truly live this life, not waste it away, not fritter it away. You were put here by God to live for God, folks. Pure and simple. And there is no significance, there is no importance in this life without Jesus Christ. You want me to say that again? There is no significance and no importance in this life without Jesus Christ. It is only realize, when you realize that that's what you're here for, that you're here for Christ, that you can find a purpose in this life and the ability to fulfill that purpose. In other words, folks, to have true significance in this life, to live a life of importance. I'm not talking about money, power, prestige, position. I'm talking about a life of abundance in him and through him. Isn't that what you want in your life? Isn't that what we all want, that we desperately seek? But it means that we need to walk through the right door, and that door is Jesus Christ. And the last thing I leave you is the third thing. You know, sheep, I've been told sheep are rather dumb. Is that true? Anybody knows that? Know that? Sheep rather dumb? I've been told they're rather dumb. They have very few needs. They like to wander around. They like to eat grass. They like to drink clean water. But that's about it. That keeps them satisfied. And those listening to Jesus Christ in this story would have known exactly what he was talking about when he said they will go in and out and find pasture. In and out and find pasture. Find that clean water. Find that good grass. Find that place to lie down. To leave the chaos of this life and just to find good pasture where you could feed, where you could eat, where you could be satisfied. And in the evening, the shepherd would bring the sheep back in, and he would count the sheep. You didn't just think that was to go to sleep, did you? He would count the sheep. He would inspect the sheep. He would see whether there were cuts or bruises, maybe put a little oil ointment on there. He loved the sheep. And he would count the sheep as they would come in. He'd look for insect bites, unwanted bugs. He would do whatever he could to tend the sheep. And they were satisfied. They were satisfied because they were loved. Isn't that what Christ is telling us? If you use me as the door, if you come through that door, I'll give you that satisfaction. I'm not going to give you what you think you need. I'm going to give you what you really need.
I'm going to give you the satisfaction of abundant life. The good shepherd knows exactly what we need, but we have to have the courage and strength to walk through that door. Just like the shepherd gives the sheep everything that they need. I've been through a lot of doors in my life. Some good, some bad. Some wanted, some unwanted, some mistakes. But I can tell you the most important door that I have gone through is the door that puts me before you today, and that's the door of Jesus Christ. To seek out that abundant life, to seek out that significance and that satisfaction and that security that only He can provide. In the book, 102 Minutes, it's the story, actually the untold story until the book, of the fight of survival in the Twin Towers on September the 11th. There's an up-close, moment-by-moment account of the struggle for life inside the World Trade Center. 14,000 people were inside the Twin Towers that day. 12,000 escaped. 2,800 did not. And the book details how some of the people lived and how some of the people died. And in many instances, how they lived or how they died was dependent upon one decision, what door they went through, what door they took. The book recounts the story of a group of people who were trying to decide the best way to get out, and the group split. One group decided they would go to the elevator, and another group decided they would go down the long stairwell of thousands and thousands of steps. The group in the elevator died. The group who went down the steps lived. But what is not told is that at the same exact moment, There was a group of almost 215 first responders who came in the doors, the front doors, to start to climb the stairwells, trying to save others. And yet the decision to go through that door also cost them their lives. Isn't that the reality of our lives? Isn't life about choosing the right door? Not only this life, but eternal life. And Jesus wants to see him as that door. He wants us to see him as that door, an open door, not a roadblock to God, but an entryway to God. Not an exit door out of this life, but an entrance into abundant life, fulfilling life, purposeful life. When you walk through his door, when you walk through the door that is Jesus Christ, you find the three things that you so desperately seek and so desperately need. You find security, you find significance, and you find satisfaction. I don't know of anybody seated here today that is not seeking those three things. And I just gave you the answer. I just gave you the solution. And so as we leave today, as we leave his house, my question to you, I will use the vernacular for you. Is you in or is you out? 
Are you coming or are you going? And more importantly than anything else, do you know the shepherd? Because let me tell you, folks, he knows you. Would you bow your heads with me, please?